Welcome to another episode of Before You Kill Yourself with your host, Leo Flowers. I am Leo Flowers. Today we're going to talk about how to cope with the feeling or experience of humiliation. Uh, this came up, I was reading an article about teen suicide. There's a, a high school, they experienced four suicides in a month. And when they broke down what plagues teenagers the most, it's one, feelings of social isolation, and two, experiences of humiliation and shame. Now, I've covered isolation and loneliness in previous episodes. Uh, I've even covered humiliation and shame, but I, I want to revisit it and dig a little deeper and share some things that I may not have shared in previous episodes. And then I'll also do another episode on social isolation as the holidays are approaching us, right? Or I should say Christmas because Thanksgiving has already passed. Today is um, November 30th, 2023. Thank you, new listeners, for tuning in. Shout out. I appreciate you. Um. And, and so I want to peel back uh, the layers a little bit on the first one of social isolation. Social isolation doesn't just mean that there's no one around, you're home alone, the parents are working 24-7, or you're like a latchkey kid. Um, social isolation, or feeling like you're socially isolate, isolated, right? This, there's a distinction there between being socially isolated, and feeling socially isolated. If you are socially isolated, then that means that there's no one around you. But if you feel socially isolated, that could mean you're in a room of 100 people, and yet you feel like you have no deep, meaningful relationships with any of them. No real connection. Uh, there's no authentic no authentic. Uh, connection or bonding between you and any of them. Uh, there's no place, there's no one person that you feel like you can be your full self. That's what feeling socially isolated means. It means I, I can't be authentic. I can't show up as who I am. I can't be goofy, nerdy. I can't, you know, uh, fart and make all the weird noises and sounds I want to. And there's no deep meaning in our relationship. Like we're cool. Right, you have your friends that you're cool with. Uh, there's no beef, but there's also nothing deeper than we're cool. Right? Maybe we like the same team, or we read the same book, or, or we have the same shoes. But there's really nothing deeper or more meaningful there. You don't have a shared history of ups and downs, highs and lows, leaning on each other's shoulders, being there for each other. Right. So that can lead to feelings of social isolation. But what we want to talk about today is ex the experience of humiliation. Now, if you're not really familiar with the experience of humiliation, because that's not a word that people throw out. No, it's very rare that I hear someone say, that was just humiliating. I was humiliated. Like that, you know, it's it's like they were just like, that sucks, you suck. It, you know, we usually, uh, when we do feel humiliated, we either shut down and run or we attack the other person. But really, 
do we find that space in the middle and explore how we feel in the moment? And with that, feeling feelings of humiliation can feel like you're dead on the spot. Like you just want to be dead. You're like, you're kind of frozen. You can't move. You can't believe this is happening to me, right? It's like an out-of-body experience. You just wish you could disappear because of this, the intensity of this feeling of humiliation. Like I can't believe that they would say that to me in front of all these people. Or I can't believe that that happened to me or you know, whatever it is, right? And so typically when we talk about the causes of humiliation, we're looking at, uh, especially for teenagers, right? We're looking at overly critical parents, um, educational challenges, especially um, I have friends who hated to read in class because they had a stutter or dyslexia or for whatever reason, they I loved reading in class. But for people who struggle to read in class, it could be humiliating to not know a one-syllable word or to mispronounce something in a way that's extremely inappropriate, right? Um, sexual abuse uh, can feel humiliating. Loss of socioeconomic status, especially like if you were a kid who was balling out, you were rich, you had all the new gear all the time, then all of a sudden your parents lost their jobs and now you get, you're taking the bus to school and your, your shoes are frayed and your, your clothes are tattered. Um, that can be humiliating because now uh, the, the people who you thought were your friends no longer want to hang out with you. And then um, other people start to pick on you because they're like, ah, look where you are now, that kind of thing, right? Um, alcohol and substance abuse can be humiliating because some people black out when they drink too much or imbibe too much, and then they don't remember what happened. But when they come to, everyone is telling them what happened, and they, and they can't believe that they did that or somebody would do that to them because they were in this blacked-out state. So alcohol and substance abuse. And then sexual orientation, right, where maybe someone outed you or, um, uh, you know, you said something to reveal an aspect of your sexuality that you didn't want others to know, that can be rather uh, humiliating. And then if you have, like, delayed maturation, right, where your body isn't quite maturing at the way um, everyone else is, everyone else is developing muscles and you're still like a skinny twig or they're developing other body parts and you're not maturing at the level everyone else is. So then you get a nickname for whatever your maturation um, level is. Um, and it's embarrassing, right? It's really embarrassing. And, and you know, I've had this last one in terms of inferior inferior to a sibling with greater talent. Um, our mom, my mom, would often compare my sister and I. You know, I'm the older brother. I'm, I'm four years older than my younger sister. But I would often hear my mom say to my younger sister, why can't you be more like your brother? And that had to feel humiliating for my sister. That had to be horrible to to grow up with that, to always be compared to to me, her older brother, as if I am the 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 pinnacle or the 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 idea of what one should be or aspire to. I mean, you should. You should definitely want to be like Leo Flowers. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> but 
Um, but but that had to be kind of uh, you know hurtful and and um, and and daunting is daunting a word? I'm, I'm like I don't know. I've been reading. I bought a dictionary and I have all these words in my head and I don't know what half of them mean. Um, but it, it's uh, we we I think we all experience humiliation to some degree, and sometimes you can just feel like some of us are ex- experiencing it more. Um, but and so it doesn't make it less humiliating. It doesn't make it less painful to experience it. So how do we deal with humiliation, right, um, at school? And even though this is for, uh, you know, I'm talking about teens because the article is talking about teens. This is for anyone, anywhere, whether you're at school, at home, at work, right? Um, the first thing is to be cool-headed. A, a lot of times we want to get reactive. Someone says something to humiliate us, and then we yell back something, and then there's this back and forth, and it never quite ends the way that we'd like. Like we don't, we rarely end up on top in those situations, or we rarely end up with an outcome where everyone goes home happy and then hugging or holding hands, or you know, now you're breaking bread. It's rarely that. Um, so being cool-headed in those uh, situations where you just kind of step back, like physically, literally, step, take one step back, right, and, and kind of survey the scene. Look around and, and just really notice this person who is launching these attacks at you, right? And to say, you know, ask them to repeat it. That's how you slow a person down. Can you repeat that? Okay. And, and then another way that I stay cool-headed is ask them to repeat it first. And then I say, um, so what changes for you? I like that question, what changes for you? Because a lot of times when people attack us, they're like, you know, your clothes are dirty, you're this, you're that. I go, okay, so if I change that, if I make that change, what changes for you? How does, how does that what does your life get better? Do you sleep better? Do you, do you get to school quicker? Do your grades improve? Do you, do you start making more money? What changes for you? See, what questions slow people down, right? And, and recognize that also uh, another way to, to, to remain cool-headed is to recognize that the fact that if they're taking time to notice you, even if it's in the negative quote-unquote, they're, they're taking time to notice you. That means that whatever's going on in their life is not as important as noticing you. How cool is that? So, you know, when I when people direct their attention to me, whether it's in a positive or a negative, I'm like, wow, how cool is that? Like, I am I am worth attention, right? I'm, I'm worth being seen. And I know for some of you who have experienced like physical uh, assault or, or a harsh verbal assault, you're like, I, I don't really would prefer not to have that attention. But remember, we're just talking about ways of staying cool. Remember, because they are noticing you. And what's cool is we can turn that noticing into, we can neutralize that or we can turn that into love. Because in physics, they say the opposite is also true. So if people really hate you, if people really hate you, then those same people are would also be willing to hug you. 
they would also be willing to be friends with you. And and if you're in your head like, well, I don't want to be friends with these people. Yeah, of course not because of what they're saying. But if there's a way we can stay cool, stay calm, stay in the moment, which I know is easier said than done, then we can turn this person that we want to have nothing to do with into an ally at the very least or friend or at the very least neutralize it so that it doesn't continue, right? We don't want this acute situation to be, become a chronic situation. That's what's important here. We don't want to turn an acute situation, meaning something that has happened once to now start happening every single day. And if it's been happening for days or for weeks, we don't want it to happen for years. So how do we neutralize it so that it doesn't continue to grow? Think of it like a cancer, right? We all have cancer cells in our body. Um, and our lifestyle, our diet, our genetics, all that um, if affects if it grows or not. So it's not about getting rid of, of bad people out of our lives or toxic people out of our lives. It's how do we prevent it from growing to a tumor, right? So number one, be cool. Number two, listen, think, and talk. Listen to what they're saying. I had I had someone say to me, and I think I shared this on the episode, uh, where we were all sitting around at lunch. I just met this young lady for the first time uh, with some other friends, and then she turns to me. She's like, why aren't you more charming? And she said that to me. And, and, and that's when I said, you know, what would that look like for you? What changes for you? What is charming? You know, tell me more about that. that that's me listening. Like, I really want to listen and then I, I'll think about whether it's it's worth my effort to be more charming. And then we can have a, a discussion about it. But but first, I want to listen to everything that I want to listen to your thoughts, everything that you've put into this uh, before we actually talk. So notice that talking is is third, but listening is first. So first, we have to listen in order for us to listen. We have to ask questions, not why questions. Why makes people defensive, and that can actually uh, exacerbate things. But what questions, how questions, oh, how could I be more charming? Please give me tips, oh, wise one, right? So listen, and then you go, well, let me think about it. You know, after a while, after you've listened to their side of you, you're like, well, let me think about it. I could tell this is important to you. I could tell this is something that you care about. Let me let me take some time to think about it, and, I, and then we can talk about it, right? So, first, stay cool, and then second, listen, think, and talk. Um, and then third part of how do we cope with humiliation is leave as soon as you can. If you feel like that your life is in danger, that this is a major threat, bounce. Oh, you hey, uh, you know I. I got to go walk the dog or I have a, an, I have a doctor's appointment or uh, I'm going to go use the bathroom. Um, I'll be right back. I, I got to take this call or I, I need to call a new, oh, my Uber's here, you know, whatever. Get out of there. Get out of there. Bounce. Or just leave and don't even say anything. You know, just be like, all right. You could say, you know, one of the, it was so funny is uh, sometimes when people sh- uh, try to verbally attack me, and not that that happens very often, 
But sometimes, you know, it could be like a micro thing. And I'll just say, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. <coughs> you know, I, I had someone uh, misunderstand something that I said uh, very recently. And, I, and, and they responded with what their thoughts were. And I said, thank you for sharing. And then guess what? We moved on. That was it. I didn't have to leave. I didn't have to run. We didn't have to have a shouting match. You can just say, thank you for sharing. Which uh, leads me into the next point is don't take things personally. Focus on your work. That's right. Don't take it personally. Focus on your work. And by the way, the, these bullet points are coming from uh, the KentuckyCounselingCenter.com. And I'll, I'll put the link in the show notes. KentuckyCounselingCenter.com. And so basically, like I'm looking at their their bullet points, and I'm adding my my zhuzh to it, my my Leo flowers on it. You know, they they have some really great points on how to uh, cope with uh, humiliation. But but I love this because when we focus on our work, or we focus on being of service to others, then it gets us out of our head. Right. If I'm if I'm writing, if I'm uh, even working out, if I'm talking to a friend, I get out of my head. So take that energy, take that anger, that frustration, that pain and transfer it into work. Find some study, make note cards, uh, rearrange some stuff. Find something that you can really immerse yourself in. Go into a public space a farmer's market, a bookstore. I find that being in neutral spaces versus being at home really helps for me, with me uh, to not take things personally. If I'm at home, I can ruminate on something for hours. But if I get in my car, go for a walk, uh, you know, check on the neighbors, what have you, focus on work. And if you're young and you're like, I don't have a job, well then you know, go in the kitchen and bake something, make something, make something for someone else. Uh, do something for someone else. You know, knock on your neighbor's door and say, hey, can I shovel the snow? But find a way to get productive, to be active, to be of service, uh, or to just do some work, you know, um, memorizing state capitals, whatever you have to do. But don't take it personally. Know that that person's life is not better than trying to attack you because if their life was rich and fulfilled they wouldn't be coming at you like that clearly there's a there's a void there's an emptiness that they're that you're trying to fill with uh with with trying to attack you and humiliate you um keep your friends close this is a hard part keeping your friends close because i struggle with this i when i feel humiliated hurt and pain I typically will isolate and try to figure it out myself. But what I find is that the quicker I can talk to somebody, talk to someone about it, whether it's a family or friend or what have you, then the, the, the quicker I can um, let it dissipate. Now, when I do this, I tell them that I'm doing this. I say, hey, can I dump something on you? Uh, for five minutes or four minutes. If not, I understand. And if they say yes, then then I, I dump. And then um, I go, I don't need any advice. I just, I just need a place to 
empty this out. Now, if you need advice, say you need advice. But if you just need to be heard or need to be seen, um, call a friend and say that's what you need. Be up front. Be honest with them and, and let them know if they need that from you, then if it's, you know, if you can accommodate it, you will. But don't overpromise to be there for someone. Don't say, I'll be there for you anytime you need. Like, that's not possible. We, we all have lives. We'd love to always be there for our friends, but we can't always be there. And that's why it's important to have a network of people, right? Um, I was I went to the bookstore the other day, and I've been really connecting with people in, at the bookstore and the grocery store, you know, from the cashier to the back person and, and all these different uh, people. So now when I go in, we're, we're starting to have more of a conversation. At first, it was very surface level, very whatever. So this last time I go into the bookstore, uh, a friend of mine who works there, she shared with me that her friend died and she had tears in her eyes. Now she's at work and she has tears in her eyes. And uh, I wanted to hug her, but I was like, she's at work. And, you know, other people don't know that, um, you know, we have uh, a friendship. Um, but it feels good to have these points of outlet because sometimes um, our friends have heard so much and we don't want to overburden our friends. So it's great to have a cashier or a person, a clerk somewhere at a bookstore or even the mailman and, and you know, these peripheral people that we can occasionally kind of spread the emotional baggage to. <laughs> and even if you're, if you're a student, right, if you're a kid in, in school, you can talk to the, the janitor, the janitor, the construction people, or the lunch lady. Like all these adults, the crossing guards, all these adults around you are people that if you just slowly build up a connection, just asking them how their day is, telling them a little bit about your day, just slowly building a relationship, then you'll have more outlets of which to share, which to dump or vent or be seen, you know. Now the crossing guard, when you cross, you're not just another student. They go, hey, you, you don't look well today. Is everything okay? Now they're asking you specifically if you're okay, and they're, and they're calling you by your name versus just seeing you as another student, right? So keep your friends close. They say keep your enemies closer, but I don't know about that one. Anyway, uh, and then a last note of how to cope with humiliation. Try to solve it if it's too much, right? If, it's, if this is escalating to a point where it feels like torture, bring in uh, a third party, uh, a therapist, uh, a coach, a, a, a cop, like whoever you got to bring in, a lawyer, solve it, like squash this. Or maybe that means uh, you move, you tell your parents, but if it, if it, if you're just like, wow, this is way out of, I, I, I do not have the resources physically, emotionally, mentally, so to, to cope with this, solve that problem. And that means that we'll have to confront it, right? Instead of waiting for the bully to come say something to you, you go say something to the bully. You take it 
to the person. And hopefully you're going with backup, right? You, you're going with the HR department or whoever. Um, but solve it, squash it, make sure that um, uh, they understand that it will not, it's not acceptable and will not be tolerated. So how can we recover if we feel humiliated? One, we have to be aware of what triggers us, right? I know why questions trigger me. <laughs> so I know to respond with, to why questions, with what questions or how questions. Um, and number two is, you know, know your life's goals. Like when you think about your, your goals and your priorities, when someone comes at you with something, be like, you know what, that's not even a priority for me right now. Right now, this is my priority. So anything that you say that is not feeding my priority, that's not nurturing my priority, I'm not, I don't have the energy for it. That has nothing to do with me. That I'll let you figure that out, right? And then making sure that we share our hurts with someone who can understand. You know, I started a, a men's group on Marco Polo and what's beautiful is you know we started this during the pandemic and I and I did this because I was feeling lonely I was feeling socially isolated to some extent and um, and now years later man we are sharing so many trials and triumphs and hurts and successes and I mean just all the things we're crying we're yelling we're art like it, it's we become a family and what's wild is we have not met once um in person at least not all at once i've i've met two out of the three in person uh but not the fourth one but not but all four of us have not met in person so uh share your hurts or start a group if you're like i don't have any friends you can start an online group with three or four people just like i did just reach out to people and say, hey, I want to start a group. We can talk once a week just to kind of share A, B, and C and, and find a way to do that. My sister, she joined a silent book club, which I love, a silent book club. And, and so when, when I, I, I mentioned that because when we talk about sharing with other people or seeking help or joining a group, they don't necessarily have to be a mental health group. It can be a silent book club, right? Because she, she mentioned there were 50 people in his book club. So, you know, if you're sitting there and you're reading a book with 50 other people and everybody's reading their own book, then there's um, socializing after. You're expanding your network of people that you can share your hurts with. So finding ways. Don't wait until you're humiliated or hurt or shamed to then seek out help like make sure you're constantly uh, renewing your group your tribe your connection finding ways to to grow and expand your social network so that you're not going to the same person every single time with all your hurts and, and humiliations right so i if you found any value um, in this episode, please share it with one other person, just one other person, and, and share with them a time that you felt humiliated, you know, um, whether it's a small thing, hey, you know, I was going through this, and 
I actually want to bring it up to you, but uh, I, I knew that you had a lot on your plate and yada, yada. And, it, and that's how you build intimacy. And that's how you get a deeper connection and um, a deeper understanding to your, as to yourself and to the, the other person and people in your life, right? Uh, but just to wrap up, I, I hope from this that if you are feeling uh, or had any experiences of humiliation, that you definitely don't take it personally. I know that's easier said than done. Um, and that you talk to someone about it. You know, whether you say, hey, just, just a quick two minutes, I just got to get this off my chest. Whether you even call the 988 number, like, they're there for all the things. Call them. Call someone. Call your mom. Call your dad. Your best call someone. Email, you know, I love when I get emails from you all, leoflowers2000 at gmail. That's my personal email. Email me. Um, I think anyone who's listened and has emailed will tell you that I, I respond uh, to at least the initial email. I'm not, <laughs> we're not going to become pen pals. I'm going to be honest, but I'm definitely going to respond at the very least to the first email. Um, and I love receiving emails from you. So leoflowers2000 at gmail. Um, but call the 988. And like I said, all the episodes, they have the resources in there for you to talk to someone. So you don't have to go through this alone. You do not have to go through whatever you're experiencing alone. There's 8 billion people on the planet. There's someone, there's someone that, uh, we can connect with right so thank you for connecting with me remember this podcast is not a substitute for you calling the 988 or any of the other 800 numbers listed in all the show notes you can chat talk text you can go to thrivewithleo.com for one-on-one coaching with me leo flowers uh let's get to tomorrow together